Hallelujah. Sell out to God, why don't you? <laughs> Sell out to God, why don't you? <laughs> what are you waiting for? <laughs> You're holding back God's hand. He wants to go into his pocket <laughs> and give you something good. I'm going to jump right into our teaching. Wow. Wow. I was hearing the, so much in the music and in the songs and in the teaching about really becoming what God called you to be. And I, I saw that in, in Brian, Minister Brian, that he's becoming to be what God has called him to be. And that's something to really be in God's purpose and not man's purpose. See, man, man can call you this and say you can be that, and they prophesying in the flesh, saying who you're going to be married to, who you're not going to be married to, what kind of job. You, that's not prophecy. In the days of old, I don't recall God going into their careers and who they, if about who they was going to marry, it was because of the kingdom of God. Not just so you could be married. But with prophecy, there's correction first. I love it that part of the teaching to which Minister Brian spoke of is that the path of God is uncertainties. So you want to know it all. And some of us think we know it all. He says, my ways are not your ways. As far as the heaven is from the earth, I mean, that's pretty far. So is your understanding never going to reach me. Your understanding. He's but those that those that walk according to the Spirit, these things are revealed. It's no longer a mystery to you. Okay, we're going to get to the message. Remain faithful. Roll up my sleeves on there. Remain faithful. I'm always asking God, what is going on with your people? What are they going through? I was very keep doing this interruption thing here, so I'm going to go ahead and respond to them. <laughs> is that another thing in the, what was said in the lyrics of the song is that about saying yes. And when God calls you to action, to say yes to him, seems to take the life out of you. See, it seems to take the life out of you. Your life. He calls out the old life out of you and your way of thinking. See, he's going to tell you go places or a place to where you think you shouldn't be. Or you're not sure. It's a, you're uncertain. But he's not going to leave you there. He's going to confirm that I sent you. 
and for you to remain. It's kind of wrong. I keep trying to get into the title of the message, but the Holy Spirit gave me this, so I have to release and give it to you. I dreamt last night, and I'm realizing what the whole purpose of the dream was. I dreamt about my two former pastors, but in the, which is, uh, which were Bishop C.V. Russell, which was my first pastor, and then my second, Pastor Carol Warren. And I also dreamt about my current pastor, Pastor Rod. Like, what is that all about? Then I was dreaming throughout about children and how they were trying to be taken, and women. It was about women and children. And how they end up in places that was very dangerous. And then in between me trying to protect them and guide them, my former pastor, pastors, and then my current pastor appeared throughout different periods in my dream. And I didn't understand it then, but I thank God now. You have to, wherever you're at, but whoever is your shepherd, Serve him or her wholeheartedly as unto the Lord. Thank you for the one hand clap. Serve. Serve wholeheartedly unto the Lord. And that's exactly what I did, my husband and I. We served. Hear the word we served wholeheartedly in our time, in our finances, in our love, and in our ministry. We served. It's just like parents. You don't really understand what they're trying to do for you until you become one. So I, I, under, I understood a lot of things that my pastor was doing as a pastor. Some things I didn't understand, but still I served wholeheartedly. So I want to, I want to thank Pastor K.L. Warren. I want to thank my my former bishop, C.V. Russ, I want to thank my current pastor, Rod Walker, for the life that they live. See, because as a parent, I understand them. See, but some of us are still acting like children because you don't understand what it is to be a parent. You reject correction. And this is why you repeat circumstances as it's not an experience. I was hearing so much through the songs and the lyrics. It doesn't become your trials now don't become an experience. They become a circumstance. It encircles you. And it encamps around about you. So you need to be very observant of your pastor and teacher here. 
Because when you become in a position to where you can no longer receive and you know it all, it's, it is time for you to go. Because obviously you know it all. Amen? Amen. Amen. Glory to the most high God. Remain faithful. Why, Lord, did you request that I teach this? Remain faithful. Well, he says, my people soon forget. This is why in the reading of the scripture, everything tied together. He said, tie, tie my word around your wrist, your eyelids, in between your eyes. It's, put it everywhere. Put it on the post of your door, lentil. Why? Because you're going to forget how to conduct yourself as a Christian. You're going to forget you're not supposed to be with certain people. You're going to forget that what I'm going to say is not of God. We were asked where we live to take down what we had because literally we do exactly what the word said. Put the word on the post of your door. We put a symbol of the stroll of the word of God on our door. We were asked to take it down. We keep, how do you keep it on your front lips? By reading and staying in the word of God. Because you know what? If you don't, you'll see the world. <laughs> You're going to see the world and desire the world and the things in it. The world will become your devotion. It will become your daily devotion. <laughs> Some of us read the daily devotion of the Bible, right? But the world will become your daily devotion. You will be a devout, worldly Christian. If you can even put those words together. The only way you can put those words together, if you have a divided loyalty. I'm loyal to the kingdom of God, and I'm loyal to the kingdom of darkness. Divided loyalty. In society, faithfulness and commitment to anything is hard to find. Hear me. In society, faithfulness and commitment is hard to find. It's hard to find a committed man of God. It's hard to find that, Greg. It's hard to find a committed friend. If you have one, that's plenty. It's hard to find someone who's committed just to being on time. You see, commitment, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to find. Do, do you hear? Angel, it's hard to find. Why is it hard to find? Talk to me, people of God. God is saying this. He said, within my body, it's hard to find faithfulness. It's hard to find. So why do this? 
Why come to the gathering? Why, why open up the Bible? He said he doesn't want you to be lukewarm. Either you serve me or serve Baal. Serve the adversary. If you're going to serve me, he said, do it wholeheartedly with everything that's within you. This is a good word. Amen. And you're going you're gonna to find out why you're not responding with excitement a little later in the teaching. It's hard to find people who are committed to your family, to their own family. Talk to the wife any kind of way. Let the kids do what they want to do. Hard to find a committed, structured family. Hard to find the family just walking in love. He said, it's hard to find. It's hard to find someone's committed to responsibilities. You have a responsibility to God in this walk. He says, it's hard to find you committed to your responsibility. Then finally, it's hard to find you committed to your faith. And this is so serious that this message is a warning message. I prophesy to you today. Unfortunately, many of us here today and around the world will turn away from our faith. And you will die outside of the Lord. Many. Many will run this race, and they will lose faith, and they will die outside the Lord. See, we are convinced some form of behavior of sin, deep-rooted in our heart, has convinced us that we can serve the world and we can serve God. Something deep-rooted in us have, is telling us and convinced us that you can, you can have a grudge against your brethren and you come and minister. See, there, there is a deep-rooted sin somewhere in our hearts that's convincing us that you can, you can live a dual life. Convince you, you don't have to raise your hand in the house of God. It's, it has convinced you. You don't have to shout with a, a voice of triumph in the house of God. You have been convinced. This is why he said, you are slowly turning away from your faith. Every time you reject praising God, worshiping him, being under complete submission, you are turning away from your faith. But my goal today is this. This is good news. I hope to incite you here today to commit to be faithful until the end. I hope to incite you to be committed to God until the end. For we are called to be faithful. When you gave your life to Christ, he said, I've called you to be faithful to me. 
We are to live a life, our entire life should be lived in an aspect of to where this is what we do. We are committed to obeying the commands of God. We are committed to obeying the commands of God. But what has happened in traditional churches is that you go to church, you sing songs, the choir there, the choirs bang, you do this, you do your little ties, if you do that, and then we kind of do a little different functions, we do little albums, we have to sing a ministry, we have all these different little ministry, but the main ministry that has been overlooked is the ministry from within you. You're looking for another activity, another exercise. Let the exercise and practice start inside of you. That is the ministry of self. Do we have one of those, ministry of self? We are to submit, submit to spiritual leadership. We are to work outside of church, not just while you're in here. We have a responsibility and duty as a Christian. Did you know that? Our responsibility. How are you, how are you really living out this Christian life outside of this building? Just a question. That's a question. Go through some key words here. Being Brian went through a lot of the Hebrew uh, terms. I won't, I, won't, I won't try your brain too much more with that. I'll just give you the meaning. Remain. What is remain? I'm going to give you a Hebrew understanding of it. I want to say it in Hebrew, though. It means to wait. Remain means to love. Remain means to marry. Remain means to live in. He said, he said remain faithful. Marry faithful. Love faithful. Wait faithful until I return. This is remain. Yashab. Faithful itself means responsibility. Faithful is this, is that pastor saw something in Mr. Brown to where he saw that he was faithful. He saw that he was a good steward of his own body. A good steward of your own body, of your own tongue. A good steward of your heart. I see you being a good steward so I can entrust you to be in my stead. I see that you're faithful. I see that you are a servant of the Most High God. Faithful is stability. Another key word, loyalty. He said, it means to bring to mind a powerful sense of belonging to God. Bring to mind a powerful sense, awareness that I belong to God every day throughout the day. Loyal. 
is a powerful sense of being. That I belong to God. No matter where I go, who I talk to, I have an a, a alert consciousness that I belong to the Most High God. Loyal. This could go for you in your marriage. Being tempted, but I'm reminded that I belong to Fee. <laughs> she, don't, she don't play. Not only will God wrath come upon me, but Fee, they probably is equal. <laughs> Some people just don't mess with it, you know. You know, certain, certain people just don't mess with Like Angela, he won't mess with Cheryl. Like, he's not, Cheryl, I know you. I'm just saying, certain people are like, yeah, right, ain't worth it. My life is on the line. <laughs> Angelo's like, I'm a big dude and all, but you know, I'm not no telling you, no, can women think they can put some schemes together? I mean, they're planning and plotted out for the whole year. You think things is good? Angelo thinking things good? You know, Cheryl, she's forgiving me. I can move, we can move on. Glory to God. I see her go before the Lord, but he don't know why she's going before the Lord. She's going, she's going before the Lord. Lord, God, stay in my hand. Stay in my hand. Glory to God. I'm just saying, certain people, you just, you got to watch them. You got to watch them. is quiet. That's, that's the one you really got to watch. She's quiet. Don't let her loose. Upmost duty as a Christian, that is to study. The word of God. Your utmost duty is to study the word. I'm going to ask you, but don't raise your hand. This is to the world of people who call themselves Christians. Do you really study the word of God? He said, this is your most utmost duty to study. Not to sing. Not to dance. Not even to witness. But he said, it's to study. Okay. Let's get to our foundation scripture here. And it's James 1, verse 12 through 22. It's in the translation of the Good News translation, GNT. <laughs> 12 through 22. James 1. And Minister Al is going to read it for me. Testing and tempting. Happy are those who remain faithful under trials, because when they succeed in passing such a test, they will receive as their reward the life which God has promised to those who love him. If we are tempted by such trials, we must not say this temptation comes from God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. But we are tempted when we are drawn away and trapped by our own evil desires. Then our evil desires conceive and give birth to sin. Right. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Do not be deceived, my dear friends. Every good gift and every perfect present comes from heaven. It comes down from God, the creator of the heavenly lights, who does not change or cause darkness by turning. 
By his own will, he brought us into being through the word of truth so that we should have first place among all his creatures. Remember this, my dear friends. Everyone must be quick to listen, but slow to speak and slow to become angry. Amen. Human anger does not achieve God's righteous purpose. So get rid of every filthy habit and all wicked conduct. Submit to God in Submit to God and accept the word that he plants in your hearts, Amen. which is able to save you. Do not deceive yourselves by just listening to his word. Yes. Instead, put it into practice. Glory to God. He says, remain faithful. Remain faithful. But first of all, you have to start out being faithful so you can actually remain to be that. Amen. I just want to ask, don't have to raise your hand, how many have been tempted not to be faithful to God? And how many times have you thought about walking away from God? How many times have you decided, I, this is just too much for me. I, I, I'm just not going to do it anymore. How many Word of God says this. I'm just going to go back over it. Just, just threw that question out there. 12 says, happy are those who remain in faith. So when you don't remain in faith, this is why you're not happy. You're doubting. When you're in doubt, you don't have the joy of the Lord. He said, because you remain in faith. He said, happy are those who remain in faith. This is why you're depressed, because you don't remain in faith. He said, you remain faithful under these trials. He said, because when you do, you have passed the test. You have been approved to receive the reward of life that God has promised, eternal life. This is why you have to end this thing that's called life in faith. You have to end your life in faith if you want the reward. Now, if you know you're not going to do it, I wouldn't waste any time. I'll just go ahead and serve that adversary wholeheartedly. 13 says, if we are tempted by such trials, we must not say that this temptation comes from God. But when we are tempted, and this is how you're tempted, when we are drawn away, when you are drawn away, from God. See, if you remain faithful, you cannot be drawn away. You can never be tempted if you remain faithful. Same thing in a relationship, in the marriage. You can never be tempted by another woman or another man if you remain in your covenant and remember all what you agreed to. You can't be, see, the temptation cannot come to you because you don't agree with it. See, I, I don't agree with it. <laughs> See, when you agree with the temptation, now you're drawn away. And then not only are you drawn away, you are trapped by your own fleshly desires. You're trapped. You're in a trap. Do you hear me? 
That is a serious thing. You are, you are trapped. You're bound now. And God has set you free. This is why you feel like you got to do it. He said, I don't tempt anyone. He said, the temptation only comes because you agree with it. And it pulled you away from me and then trapped you and left you only with your own fleshly desires and evil will and vile and filthy thoughts. That's what 15 says. Then our evil desire conceive and give birth to sin. So when you agree with the temptation, you're trapped. You're trapped and you have no other recourse except now to become a part of it. And so now your desires conceive, receive, and conceive, give birth to sin. And when sin is full grown, it gives birth to death. We're going to talk about 15 a little, little bit down the road. He said, don't be conceived, my dear friend. Every good gift and every perfect present comes from heaven. What does that mean? We've heard that a lot. What he said is that the Father of lights, he provides you the light of faith, the light of knowledge, the light of understanding. So you have no excuse to be entrapped by sin anymore. Because the father of light of knowledge, wisdom, and counsel, you have access to. He said, I give the perfect gifts that comes from heaven. And that's the only gift can dethrone now your flesh. See, these are the perfect gifts. See, you're looking for the gifts of prophecy. You're looking for the gifts of tongues. He said, you look for all these gifts. He said, but the gift that you're missing is the heavenly gift to dethrone your flesh. He said, I changed not. He said, by my own will, I gave you birth through my word. I birthed you. And as you remember, I told you that your mother didn't birth you. He said, through my word, I birth you. He said, remember this. Verse 19. He said, my dear friends, everyone must be quick to listen. Why? Throughout this entire past, he said, everyone. He said, remember this. He said, be quick to listen, but slow to speak and slow to become angry. But Christians, why are they, I believe, some of the most angry people? And they are quick to get offense. We, real, we are real touchy. You stepped on my feet. You know, sat too close. Can you move over? You're clapping too loud. Can you just please? I know it's about God, but this is just too much. Do you, you're getting on my nerves. How are, is your expression to my, our God getting on my nerves? He said, you're quick to get angry. He said, in the human anger, it has no good purpose. 
He said, it does not achieve God's righteousness. He said, so get rid of your filthy habits and all wicked conduct. Submit to God and accept the word he plants in your heart. Accept the word that you're hearing now that he's trying to plant into your heart, he says. He said, because this word is able to save your emotions. He said, this word is able to save your emotions, your feelings, your intellect. Your intellect needs to be saved. Your, your way of reasoning. He said, this is going to save you from being and presenting yourself as an idiot. He said, this is going to save you from making a fool of yourself. See, the soul is your emotion, your intellect. See, when you get all upset and angry... You look crazy. He said, I'm going to save you all this shame. But we don't see it because we're so enraged with anger. He said, get rid of it and accept my word that I'm implanting in your heart. He said, then you'll be able to take root and you'll be able to grow spiritually. See, this is why it takes people so long to grow because they won't accept. He said, accept my word, my correction. He said, take it now. So you can grow. It's able to save you. Said, Stop deceiving yourself. He said, act like you, he said, you deceive yourself. Act like you're listening to my word. He said, but instead, you won't put it in practice. He said, stop deceiving yourself. If you listen to the word, but don't put it into practice, you are like people who look into a mirror and they walk away and they soon forget that I'm a Christian. Don't make me come out of myself. You know, the library is open. Don't make me read you. What Christian is talking like this? Don't make me go back to my old self. Please don't. I thought your old self was dead. You should say, don't make me go deep in love with you. See, you pushing me to love you. You are pushing me to love you. I'm going to love you right out of that offense. Just watch me. Push me again. Push me again. See, this is how we really have to redirect our emotions because we're called to love in spite of how we're treated. 24 says, take, they take a good look at themselves and they walk away and once forget. He said, but if you look closely into the perfect law, that sets people free. He said, if you look closely in my word, he said, you'll be set free of how you're feeling, your desires that's not of me. He said, you'll be set free. And you start to pay attention and start to listen to what matters to me and not what matters to you. He said, put it into practice. And you will be blessed, God says, in whatever you do. You'll be blessed. He said, you don't have to sow a seed to be blessed. He said, just obey my word and you'll be blessed in whatever you do. But so much seed wholeheartedly in love, but your obedience is better than sacrifice. So now let's get an understanding of the word, of what all we heard. And, you know, because you really want to receive this. You want to be able to live it, right? I want us to understand the affliction. 
Some affliction that we have are self-afflicted. But there is an affliction that's sent by God. There is an affliction that's sent by God. Our outward affliction and troubles are our temptations. When you are afflicted and you have troubles, you, you worry about, it leaves you open to be tempted. It breaks you down. Go through some finance trouble. You're, why, is fine, why is money? It's top on the list like if you do some kind of poll with Christians. Money would be the thing that will break a Christian down. That would be before infidelity. Because money, don't have it, say it. You have it, have it. That's control. That's a lot of control that you're giving over to that's not God. It's a given to these things, these afflictions, draw you away from God and into sin. So when you are afflicted by words that offend you, by your situation, he said, you are now drawn away into sin. Our afflictions are in God's hand. We need to understand that whatever you're going through is in God's hand. They are intended for the trial and to, for improvement of graces. I love this. Your trial are improvement for graces. This is a good word. It means it's improvement for your spiritual ability. See, we have a lot of disabled spiritual people. You, you're spiritual, but you're disabled in some kind of way. It's because your graces have not been improved upon. Oh, Lord Jesus. Such as love. He said, your grace, graces, love, joy, and righteousness have not been Develop. This is why you, you can easily sin because my righteousness, my consciousness of my righteousness has not been developed. I'm swift to sin. He said, my love, that grace ability that when you're wrong, that you can still walk in love. He said, it has not been developed. He said, your trials should be an opportunity for your graces to develop. Your joy, he said, has not been developed. That when you go through, this is why James has counted all joy. When you fall into these trials and tribulation, count it all joy. And when you do, you're being developed in your joy. Not getting depressed and sad. Because when you get depressed and sad, you sin. This is why you want your spiritual graces to develop. Because this protects you from sinning. My God, I love you. Also, when it comes to joy, count it all joy. When you actually do this, it says we must not sink into a sad and, and a, a, a sad frame of mind which will make us faint. So you're faint under the trial and tribulation. He said, but we must endeavor to keep our spirits to be enlarged. 
dilated. He said, your spirit should be dilated at all times. It should be conforming us in our grace, which marks our adoption. In a simpler term, that when you count it all joy, all joy and you mean it and you're living it, this now conforms our grace to mark us as being adopted by God. See, we, we soon forget that we are God's property. But when you're being developed in your graces, you are made known, it's made known to you that you have been adopted by the Almighty. The devil, his plan. He has to, or try to, disadvise us from our duty. Not to advise, but disadvise us from our duty. Or make us unfit to execute <laughs> our Christian life. So he have no problem with you being saved. The real problem is with you executing your responsibility as a Christian. Your duty and your behavior declaring you exactly unfit to be called a child of the Most High God. Get you to act out of character. Suffering and temptations are the way to eternal blessedness. See, yeah. Suffering and temptation to be tempted. And while you're going through whatever you're going through, he said, this is the way, this is the path, this is the uncertain path that you can't, you have no clue. Because I'm going through so much, this doesn't look like God, this does not look like the path that I should take. Because it's so uncertain with all what I'm going through. He said, but this is the way of eternal blessedness. So that when you're tried, you will be approved. So that when you're tried, and it's time for your reward, you will receive it. So when you're going through and not complaining, but still glorifying God, and when you've been persecuted and talked about and shunned, he said, through all of that, he said, I will then reward you because you've been approved, because you remain in faith. Exactly. Please catch this. <laughs> Holiness consists of two parts, forsaking evil and cleaving to what is good. This is why he says, think on what's lovely, what's, what's of good rapport. He said, you think on that not Think about all what this person did to me because they just wronged me. So, and this is what the enemy do. You will, you will go back in time and pull up this list of what someone did to you so that infuse it even more and heated passion. This is how people kill. Heated passion. And think all what you, and the thing about it, after you leave, you then start to think about what else you could have said that you didn't say that was mean. How mean is that? Wow. It is first by corruption, inclination, or by lusting after and covenanting some central or worldly thing that caused us to fall into sin. We are then estranged from God. We don't know him. He's a stranger now. It's hard to talk to him, hard to sense that he's there. 
And then by certain degree, you are fixed in a course of sin. Please listen to me. That, see, when you can, I always say the longer you stay away from God, the longer you can stay away from God. The longer you can stay away from God, the longer you can stay away from God. And some of us are staying away from God being here physically. He says so much so that to a certain degree you are fixed in the course of sin. You're fixed. And you're trying to don't understand why you keep doing what you're doing because you have set a course now to sin. Hurry up and come back. This is what's going on when this course is set. There's a great deal of violence that's done to your conscience. See, your mind has been under assault by this, these thoughts. See, it's a violent attack on your conscience. See, and then your conscience, this is your belief system. This is how you think. So your opinion is the only thing that's truth, which makes it almost impossible now to receive the word of God because your conscience has now been seared. See, it's your conscience and also to the mind by the power of corruption. Your mind now become corrupted. Wow. Wrong thinking. Now you think you're doing the work of God? Look, you think you're ministering out of your heart of love, but it's out of the heart of malice. I look at the word malice. He said, this is the most, the utmost meanness that can be even spoken of, malice. It holds so much weight when it comes to evil and perverted and twisted. Corruption. There's a great deal of violence done to your conscience when you sin. When you hear it, your mind becomes corrupt. And there is a great deal of cunning and deceit and flattery from sin itself. And now it has gained an Entrance and an interest in your mind. You're now interested in sin because sin now has full access because it has corrupted your mind, your conscience. Oh, this heaven. So, what is the success of a corrupted heart? That when lust have conceived, it bring forth sin. That is sin being allowed to excite your desires. Sin now is allowed to excite your desires. And it will soon ripen those desires into consent. And then it is said to have conceived. This is now full grown. And so when sin is full grown, this is how you're trapped. You're trapped in the wrong way of thinking, wrong way in reasoning, and the word has no entrance now into your heart. 
sin itself is not an embryo. And when it has grown its full size in the mind, see, it grows in the mind. It is brought forth in actual execution. It has a commission now to work in your life. You have commissioned sin now to operate. So stop sin at its very beginning. Stop it at its very beginning. Because the final issue of sin and how it ends is when it finishes and brings forth death. You have to stop it at its very beginning. Because if you don't, the finishing part of sin now becomes a settled-in habit way of living. Yeah, this is a sad state of a mind of some Christians. And they don't even know it. See, there's been death upon the soul. and Death comes upon the body. Physical sickness. And besides the spiritual death, we know that the wages of sin, it is now a death that's forever. So let, don't let sin continue in your life. Repent and forsake it, and then sin will be finished. Do you hear me? I want us to take care of, only about a few minutes, take care that we don't err in our conception of the word of God. And meaning, don't wander away from God. This is how you err. Don't wander away from God. From the word of God and the accounts of God. Do not stray into erroneous opinions. Your opinion doesn't matter in, in the kingdom of God. Don't go off from the standard of truth. Don't start weighing what you think is truth. You have what truth is. Read the word of God. That is truth, not your opinion. The things which you have received from the Lord Jesus Christ and directed by Holy Spirit, keep it near you. We have to refrain from working or the workings of our passion. An angry and hasty spirit provokes to ill things by our afflictions. But by the renewing of grace, there's a renewing of the man again and again and again. And the word of the gospel teach us how to subdue these things. And it says this, let every man be swift to hear. This is how you subdue it. Swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. It is our duty, rather, to hear God's word, not your word, and apply it into our minds to understand it. Then speak according to the word of God and not the heat of passion, because this happened with a lot of Christians, a lot of indifferent that we have. We're indifferent with people. We must govern our tongues in our passion. Solomon says, the words of the wise are heard in a quiet spirit. 
more than the cry of him that ruled among fools. Ecclesiastes 9.17. Bring you guys to him. We want to be careful of having a heart that's of disorder, a corrupted heart, because it's against the ways of God. Sin is a defiling thing. It is called filthiness itself. There is abundance of that which is evil in us to be watched against our flesh. We have to be watchful. We have to be the the watchman on the wall within our own heart. There is this naughtiness that's within. We must refrain from evil affections and cast them away. In Isaiah, it says in 32, thou shalt cast them away as a minstrel, as a minstrel cycle, as a cloth, a minstrel cloth. Discard, discard this sin as a minstrel cloth. This is how bad sin is compared to be filthy. This is what God compares it to. Okay. God want, he wants you to know exactly how he feels about sin. He said, and to remove it far away from you. All filthiness and naughtiness, before we explain it, we are directed how to hear. We should be directed how to hear. Receive the word in meekness. Receive the engrafted word in meekness, meaning a willingness to receive the word of God. He said, it's able to save you. Don't you want to be continue to be saved daily? And hearing the word of God, we are to receive it, assent to the truth of it, consent to the law of it. We must therefore yield ourselves to the word of God. We must be submissive, humble, and we must have a, a temper where we are we are very meek in how we respond to those who have leadership over us. Be willing to hear your faults. I said this this morning because we were discussing things that we didn't think was right. Even in your discussion, I said, wait a minute, I see my fault. The word will show you yourself. What the word showed me is this, is that when you start listing other people's faults, you can start to have to list yours. So he said, I'd rather you to pray and be silent. Glory to God. Glory to the most high God. <laughs> wow. He said, be willing to hear your faults, though. Are you willing to hear your faults? He said, in taking it not only patiently, but thankfully. That's on another level. Are you ready? Desiring also, he said, you have the desire to be molded and formed by the doctrine and the precepts of the gospel. Hear your faults. Receive them thankfully. And be ready to be molded and to be formed into the doctrine of the word of God. And all you're hearing, we should 
aim at the salvation of our souls because it's designed to make us wise in regards to our salvation. I think we forget about our salvation and how to maintain our salvation in this race. He said, don't be bare hearers because they are self-deceivers. I'm going to conclude with this. Apostle Paul said this in 2 Timothy. Matter of fact, this is um, Apostle Paul is near his death. And Apostle Paul says this. This is his last ministry. This is his last speech to the people of God. This is his... This is his time for him to die, and he knows it. But he says within himself, he says, I have kept the faith. My question is, near your end, will you be able to say, I have maintained to be faithful to the word of God? He said, my death is near. And he urges God's people to continue to preach the word of God. He said, whether time is favorable or not. He said, whether they want to hear the truth or not. He said, speak the gospel. Let it be heard. He said, I urge you people of God, speak the truth and spare not because my time of my death is near. He said, be prepared for God's return. He's talking to God's people knowing that his time of death is near. He said, don't be afraid to suffer with the Lord. And I want you to hear the words of Apostle Paul as if he's standing here right now and his death is near. He said, don't be afraid to suffer with the Lord, not just to suffer, but with the Lord. He said, be patient with your spiritual leaders that corrects you and rebuke you. But they encourage the people for good teaching. He said, admonish them and treat, treat them well. He said, people will no longer desire to hear sound doctrine, Minister Brian. He said, they will no longer desire to hear the truth anymore. He said, fully carry out, each and every one of you, the ministry of God. He said, fully carry out the life of a Christian as an example to follow. Fully carry out that life. He said, for I, my death is drawing nigh. I run my race, and I ran it well, and I have kept, I maintain my faith to the doctrine of the gospel. He said, life, my life has been poured out as an offering unto God. My entire life was an offering. I offered every day my life, my possession, what I owned to God. He said, it was an offering. It was the least I could do. It was the least I could do to do tithes. Now, it was the least I could do to come to the gathering. He said, this was the least I could do. It was the least 
I could do to love you if you was difficult to love. It was the least I could do. It was the least I could do to turn away from being tempted to sin. It was the least, God, that I could do. My life is a sin offering to you, Lord God. I lay my life down daily, he says. And I ask you, each and every one of you today, to remain faithful in the kingdom of God. Apostle Paul said, my my life here on this earth is over. It's coming to an end. And as sure as you're sitting here today, your life is going to come to an end. But the question is, has your life been a sin offering? Has your life been a sin offering to your God? Has your life been a sin offering to God? Is it pleasing to God? Is your worship, has your worship been pleasing to God? Has your prayer life been pleasing to God? He says, I judge not. But the God that we serve will judge you, and he will judge you righteously. Are you a part of the kingdom? And if you are, he said, serve him wholeheartedly, for I have. He said, I finished my race and remain faithful, and I await my Lord. I await my prize of eternal life. I will be crowned. He requests Timothy. He said, bring, bring Timothy to me. He said, because, he said, the mass, he has left me for the world. He said, some of you ran with me. He said, but no one's with me now but Luke. He said, as I was preaching and teaching the gospel, I was teaching the truth because I was teaching the truth. Some of you left me. He said, you left me because I was teaching song doctrine. He said, at one time, he said, I was left alone, and I was abandoned by all the people of God. He said, but I maintained my integrity as a Christian. I spoke the gospel in season, out of season. He said, I didn't care about their faces. I didn't care about the family members that I lose. I didn't care about the friends. He said, God, you are the creator. You are the one that gave me birth. He said, so I lay my life down. Only Luke is with me. He gave word and greetings sent to Priscilla, for she was a benefactor in, in this race. He said, tell them and tell their family, I love her, and my death is drawing near. He said, and do this before winter. He knew the season in which he was going to die. He said, do this before winter. He said, speak of the Lord. He said, he was rescuing me from all attacks that I had. See, he was being attacked, but he said, I was still rescued. He was shipwrecked, but he said, I was still rescued. He was jailed, but he said, I was still rescued. He was in prison, but he said, I was still rescued. He said, I was still rescued. Because the rescue that he's talking about is the eternal life. I was beaten. I was, I was abused. I, he said, I was shipwrecked. I was hungry. I went without. He said, but I was still rescued by my Lord. He said, tell them the good news and spare not. Paul gave his final greeting. He said, do your best to get here before winter. Send greetings 
to all those brothers and sisters. He said, and may the Lord be with your spirit, and may his grace be with you all. The word of God is indeed blessed. Remain in faith. Remain in faith to the end. Remain in faith to the end. Walk in love to the end. Obey to the end. As you can say, as Apostle Paul said, I remain in faith. I kept the faith. I ran this race. And my life was a sin offering, acceptable and pleasing to my Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah.